Hi, I'm Bryce, and I'm ready to preach. Hey, I'm Casey, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Mark, and I'm ready to preach. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather here. God, we we ask that you you guide us and lead us through this podcast. God, we thank you for this opportunity at a place that we all value so deeply. God, we ask that you you come into this podcast and give us words and encouragement to help your people out, God. And that they might learn something, we might learn something, and we grow a closer relationship with you, first of all, God, and with each other, second of all. We praise you and we honor you and all the glory is yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome back, family. You have reached the Ready to Preach podcast. We're so excited to have you here tonight. Uh, we're thankful that you get to join and listen with us. If this is your first time, thank you for stopping by. If this is not your first time, we thank you for coming back. So. We're going to go around the table today and start off by asking everybody how they're feeling. Mark, how are you feeling this today? I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty good. Just kind of taking it easy, just taking everything as it goes through a restful couple days. So right. not too bad. What you've been doing this last week? Anything new, exciting? Uh, Working on uh, another idea that's in my head for another song. Yeah. At least the music part of it. I got some of the lyrics for it. Haven't put much about that out just yet, but working on it. That's news to me. I'm ready. I'm ready for another song. Uh, we've had a lot of a lot of good thoughts and theory, our process is going along with lyrics and stuff. So it's a lot easier to make a melody, I think, than to put words to the melody. So yeah, we got the easy part down on a lot of stuff. So just ask God to inspire us and and pray for us, guys. Anybody listening, that God would inspire something for us, and we can put some words down and give you some hope and some and some encouragement and some praise to God. First of all, yeah, I've got a couple accounts picked out that are kind of fit along with where I'm. My thought process is on this one, so yeah, those are kind of the best songs to me, especially like gospel songs. They tell a story of uh, there's one that talked about the three Hebrew children, and it's yep. like. Then Mama started shouting all over the floor when he asked where uh, where the fourth man go. You know he's still yeah. in the fire and he's walking through the flames. Yep. So that's a good song. Anyhow, Casey, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Just hanging out. What you been doing? Well, I finally graduated to the sewing machine. One second. Okay. I want to first say what an amazing job on Sunday morning. Well, yes, that was very good. I appreciate I'm it. I'm not going to lie. We had to work hard to redeem yeah. ourselves. I think the girls put a whooping on us on Sunday. You guys I did had to good. agree. We'll call it the home court advantage See, for the ladies. that is one of the things. I think there's more excitement at one campus compared to the other. It's a different, totally different crowd, and you got to base how you speak on that. Yep. Yeah. And it's... It's hard to make that switch sometimes. Sometimes it is. And then sometimes you get up there and you're like, I don't know how this is going to fit. And then everybody's up like, I needed that. Thank you. You yeah. know, obviously truly inspired by God is the only way that that happens. But yes, I do want to say awesome job. You guys lit it up. I appreciate it. Thanks. So it was awesome. It was, it was so cool. It's always so cool to me to hear one sermon come out of three different people. It was, it was Especially pulling the names out of the hat, yeah. which I know, yeah. I know the first one, Patty didn't want to go first. That was a setup. It, no, that, Patty did want to go first. That's yeah. what she that was. To. Well, that she was, was supposed to. She, her name got pulled and it got put back. But in the, the hat. way it came out, it fit so well together in the order that it was. Say, I don't think her name actually got pulled because if I saw right, her name was kind of pushed up to bend to grab. So. Her her name got pulled first. I, I know that. that's. What but we're we're talking about the 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 way in which it was picked. 
for her <laughs> to go first. No, she wanted to go last. She wanted to go first and win. Yeah, last. she wanted to go first. Yeah. Anyhow, it worked out so well, and you guys did a fantastic job. Thanks. You boys did great too. Nighttime. Anyhow, how does sewing, how is sewing going for you? So much fun. Do you like, like the sewing machine? I actually genuinely enjoy using the sewing machine. Yeah. <laughs> like half of it is the fact that the dogs hate it. And that brings me immense joy. Um, not that I'm like mean to my dogs or anything, but just to hear them bark for literally no reason makes me laugh. <laughs> you make that sound effect one more time, Bryce. No, it's fun. I enjoy it. I still haven't figured out how to sew more than like three things without snapping the thread. So I'm probably threading it wrong, but it's doing its job and I just have to rethread it. So it's fine. I'll learn. Yeah, I'm sure that it's not totally right. You know. Anyhow, yeah. that's awesome. I'm it's waiting for my curve. blanket. Just hey, saying. man, it's coming. <laughs> How about you, Bryce? How have you been so far this week? I've been really good this week. Been doing a lot of work. Um, put a lot of study into my sermon on on Sunday. That was the first one that actually was totally awe-inspired, I feel like. Not that any of them aren't inspired by God, but it was one that was like, popped in as a thought in my mind and I was like, I'm going to dig into this. And it turned out really well, I think. Yeah. That's where mine, I sat on that one for a couple of weeks, like, and I was starting to get madder and madder. It's like, it's not, this. it's not the coming Sunday yet. It's not the coming Sunday yet. So the, the thing with me is that one was, I was literally studying for it on Sunday afternoon on the way here in the backseat of the truck. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. But I was, I was sitting there and I was like, man, the further I go into this, the better it's getting. And a lot of the yeah. thing for me, my dad and myself were talking about this today, is if I just open the Bible and go to like chapter 18 of Psalms, or not Psalms, but of uh, 1 Samuel, you can pick out where it's been because I've I, I've been in church long enough and heard the stuff. But it makes so much more sense if you go back to chapter 1 and start from the beginning of the book and bring it all together as one. And I think I'm trying to put that more into play in my sermons to where yeah. people aren't just like, oh, he's right here and he's talking about this. And you can make it make sense, obviously. But with the you go back and study more and harder into that to bring forth a full picture of what's going on. Like we talked about with uh, Mark Saylor, he did the the talking about um, Haman. Yep, and, and Mordecai, they was going to kill him, but it, it stemmed all the way back to where they first came from. And if he would have killed King Agag at that point in time, like he was told to, it would have none never been problems, a problem. None of the problems would have right. happened. You know, so that it, it just brings a fuller picture in my mind. It's easier to explain the point, and it's easier to for someone to have like the aha moment. Yeah, you know, while you're preaching, it's like it's very rewarding. A lot of work goes into it. Tell you, oh, and yeah. to get up there and to be able to remember it is hard. Yeah, I like the. To me, one of the, not necessarily good feelings, but one of the, like, when you know where you're going, you're doing something right. Yeah, is that moment when like when you're talking to when you're preaching, you're talking whatever you're doing, and you can just like sit, click, and like a whole section of people like, they kind of get that. That's where he's going. Yeah. That's why I, you know, like I said, I put my money on you for for uh, Sunday. I knew exactly where you're going. Right how, away. How, how long? Did, I was gonna say, how long did it take? When as soon as you put the picture up there, I knew what you were going about the picture of the painting or the picture of the, the picture dinner? of the painting. Because I know once when you went to the signature, I was like, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, but that that's been cool for me. Um, and we're gonna go ahead and put this out there. Uh, Patty has a family emergency. If you're hearing this. 
Um, the next day is probably when you'll be hearing this. Please pray for her and her family. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. They, uh, matter of fact, we're going to do it right now as we go forward. I think it's proper. Um, she's not here tonight, and she's, I don't know what's, they, uh, they don't know what's going on, and we don't, but we know that the God who has created and signed his masterpiece knows what's going on. So, Heavenly Father, we ask for a covering. We ask for healing head to toe, God. We ask that. Anything that is not right within God, you make it right, and you. We know you are the Creator. We know that you would have none perish, but all come to eternal life. God, we ask that everything that you do, we know you do right. God, we ask that whatever this is is solved and healed in Jesus' name. And we believe by by your stripes we are healed from all these infirmities, God. And if if we come together touching and agreeing on one thing, you are sure to be in the midst of these things, God, and we ask that you just cover this family, and we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. One thing I wanted to think, I was thinking about this Sunday night, and I saw, and I was listening to everybody else, and that, and I was waiting to see if someone was going to pop up a thought, like, well, it sounds like a couple of us were contradicting ourselves, or each other, yeah. specifically me and Gibby. Yeah. With my comment about when the artist signs the work, it's completely done. And then Gibby coming up with, God's not done with me yet. Right. Some people might have seen, I didn't hear anything from any feedback from anybody about that or asking about that. But the way I look at it is this way. When he created each of us, he was done as, and he gave us all the tools that we would need in life. Everything we would need to get through anything he gave us. Right. The not done with me part is getting us to where we're using what he wants us to do. Right. And it takes mountaintops and valleys. Mountaintops and, and valleys. It takes or like uh, faith movements, moving in faith, like what Lenny was saying as well. Yeah. Or, or like you were saying, to make sure your heart's in the right place with what you're doing. Reevaluate, basically. Yeah, that, that didn't even bring in, uh, that wasn't even a thought in my mind, I guess. I didn't think about that until this moment that you said, but obviously there's there's still work to do. Oh yeah. If 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 we're still here on this earth, there's still purpose for us to be doing and moving and and working towards a goal. And I think I think in anything, you know, the common cliche is do your best and, and keep moving forward. But exactly. I think it should be even uh pushed forward harder in, in church life and in your Christian walk. You can always do better. Yeah. You can always learn more. God until, is God's he's available to give you more. Oh yeah. Until and then when you're done, then you're dead and in heaven, right, Bryce? See, that's uh, <laughs> seriously. You won't be done until God says you're done. Exactly. But it doesn't mean he can't tell everybody and prove to everybody that that's mine with his signature. Yeah. Right. Got any thoughts, Casey? Thoughts, takeaways, anything? Yeah. Okay. Lots of thoughts. No, no, I don't have a lot of thoughts. I do have thoughts, though. Um, I think another analogy for that, just coming from how that you spoke your sermon Sunday night, Mark, with the initial example of an artist signing their work, is sometimes I think God not being done with us yet means that he's already created what he's intended to be perfect. But And I'm not an artist, so if anybody who is is listening, sorry. But if you were to finish something and then something goes terribly wrong where like you spill water all over or you spill a drink all over and it seems ruined, right? I can only assume that there's some sort of process that you might be able to go to to restore it to what it was. Oh, right. 
There is. So, they have things like that. Like if you go even to like the Sistine Chapel, they have things they can do to restore the artwork. Obviously, you know, the painters and carvers have been dead for hundreds of years, but they can get the color back. They can touch up where right, things right. have done. So like in this case, we've spelt it all over ourselves as yeah. the artwork. But God, instead of just throwing us out like some of us might do if we ruin something or like a normal picture, he right. says, I'm not done yet and I'll do what I need to do to restore it back to what I intended. And he did. Yeah. He went very far. He took great lengths yeah. by sending his own son to yeah. restore back this lost relationship that we have had. You know, that's all that God wanted to begin with. He wanted to walk every day and talk every day and commune with with his people that he has created and with his artwork, with his masterpiece. And then for however many years it was until Jesus came, yeah, that connection was not there. Right. That to me is one like when I was doing all it was what seemed to be one of the most important things is to realize is there's gonna be a lot of people that tell us that we're no good. We're not this, we're not that. But we go and we're a masterpiece. We are as a, as the one verse I used was a marvelous work. Right. Right. So we just got to stop letting ourselves and other people get in our heads. Um, and there was one other point I was going to bring up, and I before before you do that, let me let me put some put a thought in your guys' mind and tell okay. me what you think. So, when Moses went to ask God what his name was at the burning bush, what did he say? I am. I am that I am. I am that I am. Now, when the Ten Commandments came. He said, do not use my name in vain. Yeah. What is vain? Meaningless or nothingness. And when people see, that's my thought is, what's God's name? I am. What is vain? Nothingness or meaningless or, or I'm use, not. uselessness. Right. So when you say I am unworthy. Maybe maybe that's not how it's supposed to be, but does that make sense to you? Yeah. yeah. It cl it's clicking in my mind. It's yeah. like when you say that you're, I'm no good, or I'm not worth it, or I'm a loser, I'm a failure, I am. That I am says otherwise. Exactly. The other thing I'd put in there, and I think it was more of a case of I didn't really need it then. It was it, The point was proven. I didn't need to go any further. But there was a painting. I can't remember the name of it was done like 250 years ago. And it was when I was doing my studying about the artist signatures. They didn't realize that this painting was signed. The artist had taken a color slightly lighter than the background on the paint for a part of a wall that he painted in the picture. And signed in it. And had wrote the name of the person who was being painted and wrote his name in it. They, it sat there. People looked at it for 250 years and never saw it till they got something to where they could look close enough and adjust the contrast to actually see what was there. Right. Same with, with the DNA stuff. It, it sat for thousands of years until people could have the stuff to look into it and to see it. That's amazing to me. It's been there the whole time. Just because we don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Doesn't mean it's not there. Absolutely. So kind of in my mind, what I wanted to talk to you tonight about was a good Christian friendship and how important I think that is. It's very important. How, how do you feel about it, Casey? I agree. I think that 
I mean, no man's an island at the end of the day as much as we might try to be. Right. You need somebody that you can rely on or somebody that you can go to and lean on. And a lot of the times, friendships that you have that aren't like-minded, like a Christian friend, they're still valuable and you can still count on them. I have friends who don't go to church that are very meaningful to me, and I I would probably fight a bear for them given the opportunity or the need. Right. But there are things that if I were to come to you with, you would have a better understanding or a different outlook that would be more valuable to me than somebody who doesn't understand where we're coming from. From like a Christian standpoint. Yeah. I feel the same way. Mark, how do you, how do you feel the importance on like a Christian friendship? It's very important just because of just using, we've been talking about how you'll have all these other people and society and different things saying you're this or you're that, or you can't get along with this, or you can't do this. Having that person with the right mindset and the right the right worldview to say, hey, that's not what it says. And to, you know, there's gonna be times when you get stuck inside yourself and you have those thoughts and then you start to listen to it. It's like the having that one that can just kind of pull you back from the brink is very important. My thought is um when co-mingling with people who are not Christians, it is so much easier when you're supposed to be having an impact positively on them. They become having a negative impact on you. It feels like boldness goes out the window. Yeah. Am yeah. I wrong? Yeah. Well, no, you're not wrong. I agree with you. That's why I'm right. right. She was saying, yeah, before you even got to that part. So <laughs> I just, I agree with that. And I think that it's, it's a different environment at the end of the day. You right. know, I could be speaking to somebody who doesn't understand the responsibility of having a position in the church or having a gift, like, you know, pastoring or preaching, singing, whatever it is. And doesn't understand that there's like a more at stake than just disappointing somebody. Right. And I can be like, I'm so tired. You know, I'm burnt out. This is not talking to them. And they'd be like, why don't you just quit? Why are you giving all of your time to this? Where if you go to somebody who understands the the gravity of the situation, you'd be like, I'm so tired. I'm burnt out. They're going to tell you, do not quit. You can't quit. Keep pushing forward. You know, it's just a difference in what is offered. It's worldview. Yeah. Right. Worldview. That's a good point. To that's a good place to put it. We've covered that before, and that's the the importance of having a biblically based worldview. And I've found too that people who are in this world, this world has gotten pretty nasty. It has. Even though I haven't been on it for very long, been on this earth for very long, I'm thankful to be here. Don't get me wrong, but I'll say more of your life has been in the nasty stuff than. Right, right. Things that seem normal to to me is not normal to someone who's seventy years old. You know, Um, and I think having seventy, by the way, he wasn't talking to me. (laughs) I'm just saying, (laughs) not having somebody who looks at the world the same way you do, it's hard to be a good friend to somebody who isn't going to be a good friend back. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's I've run into that here recently. It's like. I'm trying to be over and above what the the standards are, I guess, quote unquote standards of friendship. I'm trying to be m- more helpful, more friendly, more giving, more caring, you know, and it's like they take that and just destroy it. And I and I so I was talking with my dad about it. I was like I don't want that nasty relationship and nasty scenario that I was in to ruin the care inside of me and the trust inside of me and the characteristics that God has given me, you know, to naturally want to trust and be around people and care for them, 
you know, and try to be able to take care of somebody. I don't want that to be harmed by such a bad experience, you know. That's something really difficult to deal with. I struggle with that a lot myself too, you know, letting one poor experience or one poor situation just influence the way that I see people generally. Like once the trust is broken, I have a really hard time. Get building it back. Yeah. Or letting it be built back if it was you that was, that lost the trust in someone else. Well, yeah. I think personally, I trust too fast. I put trust in fast. You know what I mean? I want to be at that point where like, oh, we're best friends, you know? And it's, but some people don't have good intentions and I know no. it's hard. That's a lesson to learn. And that's why one of the subject a couple of weeks ago was I can only trust God. Yeah. yeah. You know, and not saying that you guys are untrustworthy or anything, but it's like you spend time with people at church and you have good relationships with them. And then you have people that you work with that you have relationships with. And then you have your family that you have relationships with. And it's, it's hard to juggle those things to know the gauges on how much you let not let somebody in, but how much you can put to somebody and how much you can give this one and how much you can give that one. I obviously want to be the same person all the way around, but there's some people that you just can't, Yeah, you can't be around or you can't trust, I guess. Exactly. Whether it's a gut feeling you have or previous experience with them or people that you do trust a lot have had that experience with them and knowing and I want to clarify, too, I think gut feeling is more of the Holy Spirit's yeah. nudging. I think that there's definitely some discernment that you're given. Because I've gone against what I felt because of what I've seen, mm-hmm. and I went against that feeling that I had. I'm like, well, I that can't be right because I'm seeing something different. Well, I should have went with it. I feel like it's the Holy Spirit saying, hey. You went with, you went with the eye candy. Well, it wasn't even the eye candy. It was like what was being portrayed was different than what my thoughts gotcha. were. I was like, okay, can they can they portray this realistically? Some, it, some people are good actors. That's I found that out. I say yeah. it comes down to you have to learn when to trust what you're being told or given by the Holy Spirit versus what you don't want to come across as too sometimes. See, my thing is it was like a belief in seeing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the actions, the actions speak louder than words. I know that. Yeah. So I was thinking that, and it was a, a thought in my mind. Well, their actions are showing me that they're they're worthy to be trusted. Yeah. And the actions are showing me that what I'm feeling isn't right. Well, what I was feeling was right, and the actions didn't mean anything at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, it was it was a weird experience, very good learning experience for me. It does happen like that sometimes where you get the, you know, it's like, it's just, this just seems, it doesn't, it feels off, but it, with everything that you're coming in, with what you see, what you're experiencing, like, okay, no, this has got to be right. Right. But that can unfortunately be deceiving sometimes still. And I'm pretty sure it was God saying, hey, when I tell you something, listen. Exactly. When I say move. Move. And that's our problem a lot of times. That's that's one of the main problems we that I have. It's like, do I trust what I see or do I trust what I know? You know? And sometimes it's hard to do that because a lot of times what you see is what you want to go after. Yeah. You know, when someone treats you well, when someone takes you and does nice things for you, I was like, well, they can't hate me. And all along, she'll listen. When someone takes someone to Sweetwaters. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. We didn't go intentionally without you, Mark. I know. I'm just teasing. 
So this, this we is, might have to end early tonight to have a little team reconciliation. Team building. <laughs> Mark, I'm so sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm not game for the trust falls. So if you're expecting that, I hope you got a cushion the backside of the head. <laughs> That's the <laughs> or uh, fall against this Holy right here. Spirit guiding him to not trust the site that Bryce would be able to catch up. So no. no, no, I'm talking about me doing the catching. <laughs> do do you any do you guys have any thoughts on like friendship in general? I've had experiences this week where not my friendship has been tested, but where I've really had to look at how I am as a friend generally. Yeah, on your side of it. Right. Like acknowledge whether or not I'm just like absolutely insane. Because things have happened to people that I I hold very dear to my heart. Um, some of the most important people to me in the entire world. And I had to really evaluate how I behave as a Christian because I was just immediately ready to fight. Not yeah. them specifically, but right. like somebody hurt them. And I am just, I'm still mad about it, to be 100% Attack honest mode. with you. I right. am. Right. I still am. I'm thinking that is not not the appropriate way to behave it's at the end so of the day. It's so hard. When something like that happens, personally for me, because I have a hot temper, and it's not, I mean, I can control it, obviously. God has helped me big time with that. But like you're saying, when somebody harms somebody that you care about and you love, knowing that it was totally uh, devious, um, it was totally premeditated, that they did it on purpose. It wasn't an accident. It didn't just happen, and they're sorry. See, here's the thing that that I've learned. When when Haman was building the gallows for Mordecai, yeah, and it turned out that he wanted he was going to kill all the Jews, and Esther wasn't she hasn't came out as a Jew yet, but then she came out as a Jew and decided that uh, the king, uh, what was his what was his name Xerxes. Xerxes Xerxes there you go was was like all right I'm going with Esther what do you want done when it was her time where she could have spared Haman she could have yeah she said hang him. And that's what I think. Sometimes it's like, we need to do the same thing. She did not make the mistake of Saul. Right. She didn't let Agag go. She, yeah. She said, no, we're, we're nipping we're this. We're stopping it now. Now. And it's like that with some of the friends that I have found that were quote unquote friends. When times that I spared them when I should have just said, they did it. They deserve it. Go. Yeah, and that's a biblical account too. If you're wondering whether that's ethical or not, obviously yeah. not clearly hanging somebody. But <laughs> yeah, it's no, like, no, yeah, we're not at this we're, point. We're we're not lynching people on this. They've show. given enough. They've given enough reason not to trust them. You're not my friend anymore. That's hard to reconcile with what you've been taught. Otherwise, though, isn't it? Right. You that's know, like well, give turn, forgiveness to gain forgiveness. Turn the other cheek, like you're. And saying. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that you can't forgive them and make them go away from you. Right. That's possible. I think well, you don't yeah. have to be friends. I'd say to be honest, I've got a very, very, very small group of friends. Right. I do too, and I keep it that way on purpose. I don't. I don't need any extra. I mean, now as someone comes along, that's a different story. But it's like right now, it's like I know there's ones that have proven themselves. And I'm okay with that. I think that you have more acquaintances. Yes. More that acquaintances. are a general larger group, but you have a core circle of people that that's you got to keep that kind of impenetrable, impenetrable, penetrated, unpenetrated. Impenetrable is probably a little bit better. <laughs> one you there. get what I'm saying. I we didn't know what you were saying. You were right the first time. Yeah, you were right the first time. 
It just you were right the first right. time. Okay. Anyhow, you got to keep that circle tight. Keep them close. You know. Yeah. Well, you even look back. Um, I was. I don't have the picture. I had it saved a while ago on my phone, but I thought I could find it here or somewhere. And I don't anymore. Where they were talking about how the different numbers of groups that were around Jesus. Yeah. Started out with, you know, there were probably thousands. Then you went down. Eventually you got to the 12. Then of the 12, you got down to three. And those were the ones that were always around at most of the places. Whenever he went anywhere where they weren't taking everybody with him. It was those three. Yeah. So even like, you know, having the elders aren't bad, but knowing that you have basically a core group that, you know, say, Hey, Obviously, they couldn't stay awake. They they had they had sleeping problems. <laughs> but besides that, is like anywhere he went to be away from anybody else, he still took those You'll couple with him. You'll yeah. see them, and that's the thing too. We got to learn. I think I think it's important to go against to have somebody that's not going against the grain of you, but doesn't think like you. Mm-hmm. Um, especially that someone who's you want. First of all, I think there's a a, a base point. You want somebody who's Christian spiritual, yes. you know, somewhat like-minded, but is not afraid to tell you you're wrong. Yeah. Or not afraid to go and say, look at it this way. But they do it in a constructive way. They don't tell you you're wrong right, to right. tear you down. And it's, and it also it flies right in the face of what society tells you. Right. Society wants, I want as many followers, subscribers, likes as, as I can get. Right. But like I, there was one I saw, I had a a new follower. I guess it's on X now. It's not on Twitter anymore. I already did change that on the website because I woke up one morning and the app had finally changed because old Elon decided to change the name of everything. And um, they had followed me. I was like, okay, let me go. Let me go to their page, see what they're about. And it's like, as soon as I saw like the first, but it's like, I don't need to read anything else. I just went up and I hit block. So you're not on my. Uh, <laughs> I'm allowed to be on my. Yeah, thing. you're not. You're not a. And I, I think got we, no interest. I think we need to do that. Not judge people in a way that no one can be your friend, but look no. at them, um, look at what they do, how they live, how they act, how they react, and say, yep, not going to be. I was gonna, let's just say it was content I don't want on mine, and that's also the case of where you can go on only social media, you can see like the people that follow the pe- that follow you. Like so, like so, someone added me, then oh, let's see who else is following. They like, go and it's like I didn't want them to be able to go there. It's like, well, that is way different from so nipped it in the bud. It's easiest that way. Exactly. Can you give us a good definition of friendship, Mark? Good definition of friendship? You want me to get a dictionary one or? Christian one, preferably. Hopefully Jesus laid out for us what friendship should be like. Yeah, most of his would be along the lines of one that would lay down their life their for life another. for another, yeah. You know, and, and whether that be laying down your life physically or yeah. laying down your life, like metaphorically, I'm going to put making what I'm doing. Hurt, making it hurt. Well, I'm, well, I'm going to put what I'm doing beside to help further you. Yeah, it's really when you're putting someone else first versus yourself. When you ha- Probably even especially when you have all the reason in the world to put yourself first for it. But still, putting yourself aside to put someone else forward. Right. I think we just described that pretty well. What do you think, Casey? I, I don't, agree. I don't think I need Google today or mm-hmm. Bing or whichever one this even uses. <laughs> Anyhow, has it, have you ever been in a spot where you know can like spot out that someone's a true friend to you? Like you got into a situation and you call on them and you're like, it was nothing for them just to come over and show true 
unadulterated friendship towards you. And it was like, bing, that's exactly who I want around me. See, I've had that experience this last week. Not not even this last week, but with our good close pastor friend and uh, church friend of Daily Harvest. Mm -hmm. They have been true friends, true blue friends. They have. Didn't want anything out of it other than to have good friends. Yeah. I've spent more time with Pastor Jack this past couple of weeks than I ever have. And I just have felt this strong bond between all of us. You know that this guy's legit. This guy wants the best for us. We want the best for him. He's got a good, a good uh, foresight on what he wants for his church. You know, he's not slack concerning God's promises to the church. He wants these things to be done. He has a standard that is upheld, a biblical standard that, and I, I admire him. So you're saying that there's also a possibility that you that the things you observe and experience can actually line up with that feeling inside of whether something's right or wrong. Yeah. Okay. I think there's, I thought so too about this. There's physical things that you can see that it lined up with what you were feeling in your spirit. Right. I was feeling that I've always had this feeling, you know, that these were good people. And then I've got to witness that here lately, that they really have the best intentions for everyone, I think, around yeah. them, especially us. And with that being said, I want to talk about a, a, a short kind of spin off of the topic, not necessarily a spin off, but a, a portion of the topic. When you have friends that are not like you and and don't have Christian value system, it's kind of in you that you want to change them like you. Yeah. I know I said at the beginning, it's kind of hard to co-mingle, um, but once you build up a courage and a boldness about you in your relationship and build a stronger relationship with Jesus Christ, there is a sort of boldness that uh, doesn't need any outside effects to build it or outside effects to make it strong or known. Yeah, because friendships with non-Christians will go one of two ways, and it's the only two ways it can go. You're going to either get them to be somewhat like you, and you're going to be able to show them why you have the hope, which I still love the verse. I think it was First Peter 3.15, yep. to give an account, or the same thing is going to happen but to you from their side. Right. There's really not any middle ground, no option. The only middle ground is... Whoever is leaning a different way now is just in the process of getting the other way. So it's that's really the only middle ground is where you're changing from one to the other. Whether they're changing from something that is maybe harmful and bad to something good, there's still a middle ground there. Right. And likewise, the other way. That's the only real middle ground. There is no other. I mean, I know most things aren't like black and white. There's gray and things like that. But when it comes to like that, when you talk about there being two worldviews, there's, there's no there's no middle ground. You're either on one side or the other, and you're either going from one to the other, or someone that you're talking to is going from one to the other. There's no you guys can't hang out in the middle because they can't get because those the two real only two worldviews can't get along. There's no compromise. Right. So there's this old cliche saying this show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Yeah. Unless Jesus Christ gets involved and he's put into that mix. He can reroute the future destination of somebody, no matter what the situation looks like. And I think that's important to note too, because we were just talking off air about uh, someone's eyes needing to be open to, to things, you know, and you praying for your friends that aren't like you, that just God, 
Instead of change them, show them what is wrong in their life and show them why it's wrong. Give them a reason, you know, that they need to change. And that brings my thought to blindness. Or even instead of show them, they're hearing it from one person. Send someone else that's telling them the same thing because you're going to get you know, confirmation Confirmation in the mouth of two or three witnesses. It's like, wait a second. This person's been telling me this for a while. Right. Everyone else has been telling me this. Now I'm starting to get, now every new person I meet is telling me this. So wait a second, something, you know, what would, I mean, they'd probably say, oh, the universe is trying to give me a message and it's not the universe. It's God is trying to tell you something. Right. He, or as uh was it, is it your grandpa or what is like, I'm trying to tell you something, you know, that's My what dad. it's, your dad is trying to tell you something right now. Right. It's, it's more than, it, more than just you showing exactly. them and telling them because when two or three gather together, touching and agreeing on one thing, he, he comes in the mist. So. And, and it's just like we have the Bible account, the parable of someone has to do the planting, someone does the watering, someone does the reaping. Right. Sometimes it's the hard part is just understanding that maybe we're only planting the seed. Right. And there's no guarantee that... The harvest feels so much better. It does, but there's no guarantee that if you're the one that's planting the seed that you're the one that's going to see the harvest. Right. Right. There's different stages. There will... It. Well, now there will be a time you'll see the harvest, but will but it might be... Though, as Bryce likes to say, then you're dead and in heaven. <laughs> but so at, so at some point, you'll see the harvest. It's just we get impatient. We want to see it now when we're talking to him. So let me ask you to this question. I'm going to ask Casey first. Casey, okay. with most blind... Have you ever seen a blind person? Yeah. Okay. With with the blind person that you've seen, did they have eyes? Yeah. Mark? Yeah. Yeah. So they had what they needed to see. They just didn't have the ability to see. A lot of the times with our friendship, and you want them you want them to see the way you see or see how God wants them to see or have God show them. They have what it takes, and all, it, all you need is God to give them that ability back. Just like with eyesight, a lot of people have these uh, separation of retina, you know, or something that causes their vision to be gone or birth defects or whatever, but they have all the the pieces that are necessary to have sight, but just don't have the ability to see. And with the friendship, just say, God, work with me. I know that they, maybe I'm not the one that's going to see this come to fruition, but I want to be a part of them getting the vision back the vision in the eyes of Christ showing yeah. them what's wrong and what's not right and what needs to be moved and 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 transformed to have a better life have a more fulfilling life be more uh accepted yeah and that's and be honest that's really what most of them just want anyways they want to be accepted by someone but they're just letting it seeking the wrong person to be yeah. accepted by I want to go to heaven at the end of the day. Yes. That sounds like a plan to me. Casey, make the itinerary. We're going. Mm. I I want to go to heaven at the end of the day, and I want to do what it takes to do things right while I'm here. Agreed. I want to take some mistakes that I've had, mistakes that I've seen, and and learn from them, you know? Use them to further push to to push us and to push other people, too, because then they can see, like, you know, someone says, oh... So-and-so, they went through this problem. Okay. How did they handle it? Well, why would they do that? And then they see what happened when they put their faith the in the right place. They see, so, okay, well, I can see why they did that. Right. Now, let me look into what they what 
what got them there? That's one of the hardest bargaining points for a Christian to to try to transform somebody into a disciple or a follower of Christ. You know, uh, why would I do that? All the fun things go away. You know, at that point with this world, it's like, look, we get to go to heaven. Can you prove that? Uh, other than the Bible says it and Jesus Christ said it, I can't really prove it. I love it when you hear people, you listen to some of these arguments. They're like, uh, well, men just wrote that. Okay. What about your school textbooks? What about your dictionaries? What about things like that? Men wrote that too. You believe that? Right. Did you ever meet that person? No. See, one of the things that I learned this week is a reason to take a look at the Bible is it was written in 1,500 years by yeah. like 44 different authors. I believe it's... I think it... Is there a 40 or 44? Something like that. But there's more than one author of the yeah. book written over X amount of years telling the same story. Um, at least give it a shot. Yeah. You know? Well, it's like what I said at the end at the end on Sunday. It's like there's only one, one thing pointed out through every single book. The rest of it is just different viewpoints for how to show that. Different people have a way of saying it. You know, the prophets did it one way. Paul and the apostles, they said it another way, but they all were saying the same thing. Right. To the point where, like I said, where Paul even said, I desire to know nothing else among you except Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ and him crucified. And crucified. Yep. That's it. That's 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 all he wanted to know because that was the only thing that was important. Yeah. You know, and that's why I always say that if it doesn't affect your salvation, don't worry about it. Right. Mm -hmm. You'll find that whether it's our church or another church, you'll find a church that as long as they're doing what they should be doing with Jesus, if there's other things that you like that maybe another church doesn't have, there's going to be one that does. Right. Just make sure that the the most important thing is still being kept as the most important thing. Well, and I got a firm belief that Redemption Church, OEC, both campuses are about the best church in the world. I would go with that. There's a couple close seconds in Liberty Chapel and uh, Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest. Ministries, but, and then New Missionary Harvest Baptist and um, Dwajak. That, I mean, they're close second. I'll give them that. Is that Blackamore's? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There, That's what I was thinking. That was black. There's close seconds, but there's not any like Redemption Church. Agreed. All right. With that, we're gonna we're gonna go around and see if uh, Mark, do you have any last thoughts on friendship? Or let's let's ask you, how would you uh, gain friendship? Oh, well, you you always hear it said that to start with, if you want to have friends, you got to be friendly. You can't gain friends by kind of shutting yourself away. Right. You've got to, you got to go out and try to get more friends. You've got to be selective, be selective, be smart about your choices. Just like anything else you, whether it's food, cars, homes, anything else you got to have, you got to be selective. You don't want to just go with the first get, floor. get friends just to have people around you. Because we, we, we've used this before of you are who your friends are. Right. If not, you soon will be. And if not, then why are they your friends? Right. So I think we covered that in like one of the first couple episodes. You know, yeah, Christian friends and non-Christian friends, it's okay to have both. But it's got to be the point of where you're the one making the impact, not the one, not the other way around. I think it's important, too, to realize that you are not as strong as you think you are. No. If someone has is becoming to have a negative effect on you, you need to cut that off. 
You want proof? Go back to Genesis. What happened to Adam and Eve? They had direct contact and relationship and fellowship with God, and the serpent told them otherwise. Right. And they fell for it. And they fell for it. Um, if you if you have become discerned to such a thing, you know, it's like, okay, I know that I can't be around this group of people that does this thing. You yeah. have to stay away from that. Once you have that, you'll be okay. Um, and yeah. some of the other things too, it's like, this group of people, this this thing or activity doesn't affect me anyway. So I know that I can be there and be a positive shining light for somebody. Yes. You know, um, uh, Uncle Dick always says that you are maybe the only Bible someone reads or you might be the only Jesus that somebody sees. Um, and there's some crowds you get into where you're like, ooh, I need to be Jesus in this moment, but I can't overcome this urge to do what they're doing. You want to participate. Know? Right. So you got to back out of those type things. Yeah. that's You got to know that for yourself. Exactly. Uh, was it they always say like, know your limits. Right. Like I know there's certain things that when people do, it doesn't bother me. I don't, I'm not tempted to do it. Right. And it's okay to hang around. Right. But there are definitely things that would be for each of us would be the opposite. Stay with a little lower. It's like that could, could reel us in. It's the like crack and yep. foundation, right? That Satan comes in and overturns your house with if you know you've had a problem with a certain situation that's probably the only situation you need to not allow yourself to get involved in and then there's some that friends wise you too. had you had a bad problem but you overcame it in such a way that your testimony is going to be a light shining yeah but that's different i'm talking about the ones that you you know still get you right, right. those are the ones that leave those friends for someone else right someone who's stronger than such or just pray Yep, that's that too. That that was my that was my thought on and finding friends or helping people reaching out. Just pray, because when you can't reach or you can't penetrate, you know this inner inner side of them that people put up walls. We understand that we do. You know, yeah. Um, God can overcome that. Or even if it's a case of you really want to be a friend to that person, but you know where they're going is going to give you a problem. Right. You don't have to physically be there to be their friend to help them. That's where the the prayer would come. It's like, well, okay, even I, go ahead. I was like, I know, I if I know if I put myself in that situation, I'm going to have problems. I think even being upfront in abstinence to towards doing something will shine a positive light. It's like, yeah. oh, they're serious about this. You know, I think being serious in in relationships means a lot to people because there's a lot out there that isn't, you know, truth and isn't, you know, there's a facade put up that makes it look like what you want. There was one time, um, we always, whenever we have family member birthdays, we always went wherever they wanted to go for dinner. And one year there was a, a restaurant that I have no interest in going to ever. Right. And my mom had wanted to go there for her birthday meal. But she knew if she went there, I wasn't coming. Right. So we went somewhere else. Right. Because I wasn't even, it was like, I have, there, I can guarantee you their food is not any better than anywhere else. And the food is not what's drawing people there. Right. And I don't want to be there for what they're using to draw people there for. So right. I'm going to go somewhere else. Well, that, that was something with my in-laws and myself. They wanted, before I was married to my wife, they asked me if I would go on vacation with them. And I said, I will not do that. It goes against everything that I've been taught, everything that I believe, everything that I know is right and proper according to what God's word says. I'm not doing that. Yep. And I feel like there was a high level of respect gained for that because it could have easily went and did whatever, you know, according, and they were going to pay and 
take me down and have, we were going to have a good time, but I could not, I can't, I have a bad, not in good conscience. I have a bad conscience personally. If I do something wrong, it kills me. And if I do something that I know is wrong, uh, openly, I'm like, I won't be able to sleep. I won't be able to function until I get it right. And I knew that that was going to be a problem. So I had sheer abstinence on it. I said, absolutely not will not happen until these parameters are met. And I feel like that has closened my relationship with them, you know, showing that I'm not afraid to not. You're go. not all talking basically is what they're right. saying. I meant business of what I said. And that's big for people. Some people get these fake Christians around them that aren't, aren't, being real, you know, they're showing up on Sunday with their church clothes on, but during the week they'll sit at the bar with you, you know, and drink and do whatever. There's too much of that. There's enough of that going around. Exactly. We need some genuine, authentic people who are willing to stand up and say, I will stand for what the word of God says. I will uphold what the word of God says, no matter if it, it loses my popularity. So what? I don't care. I didn't come for that. I came here and I've been placed here to win souls for Jesus Christ. That's all there is to it. And yeah, if people see that, I think you will not necessarily gain friends, but gain souls to heaven too. I think that's even bigger than having friends. Yeah. Casey, any last thoughts on tonight? Thanks for joining us. <laughs> that's fair. With that, with that, we're going to go ahead and end this podcast. It's been a pleasure to sit here and chat with all you guys. It's been fun. Also, if you stayed this long, be sure to check back with us next week. We'll have another podcast coming up. Another important thing is please keep Patty's family in your thoughts. Yes. Keep them in your prayers. Um, keep knocking on heaven's door with them because we know that if we get to this before it, something happens, before we know, God will change the outcome. He yeah. was, he's able to take pain away. He's able to know he's created the body. We've went over that. Yeah. He signed it with his personal signature, and we know that what he has is for us. You liked that, didn't you? That was good, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, with that, we're going to say love you. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Ready to Preach. We hope that something that has been said today will aid you in your journey both in Christianity and in the pursuit of becoming ready to preach. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please reach out to us on our Facebook page, Redemption Church, and share us with your friends. If you have any questions for us or topics you would like for us to discuss, we can be reached through the Facebook's direct message or in the comments section of our posts about the podcast. We look forward to you tuning in next week.